Greetings to the church on this weekend of Pentecost Sunday. This is Pastor Merrill Senior preaching today. We're so glad to have you watching. Uh, while we were having churches online, we've had messages or part of our service coming from people's homes or living rooms, rec rooms, uh, from outside here in the sunlight, even from the offices of some of the church staff and uh, different places uh, like the family room here, even some in the lobby. But today, I wanted a message to especially be here in the sanctuary, our church sanctuary, uh, where we usually have the pulpit. And uh, I just feel at home uh, because we're here where our church is. And also, another reason I wanted to be here in the sanctuary is because I wanted the uh, screen behind me uh, for the PowerPoint, because I'd like to give the scriptures and the points that I'll be making uh, during the message on the screen. So welcome back to this midweek, uh, this weekend meeting place, even though there isn't anybody in the sanctuary but me and the people in the sound booth, uh, but it still is our church, even though they're now talking about beginning to think about opening churches. We'll have to see how we go about that, but welcome here today for the message. Today, this Sunday, is the day of Pentecost. Acts 2, 1 to 4, tells about the coming of the Holy Spirit and the beginning of the church in the New Testament. And I'd like to begin by reading uh, Acts 2, 1 to 4, and I'll be reading from the New Living Translation about the coming of the Holy Spirit. It says in Luke, in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then, what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled upon each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Or the last phrase in the King James Version there says, and the people began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. We read here, when the day of Pentecost had come. The word Pentecost includes a prefix at the beginning of that word of five letters, P-E-N-T-E. -E. Pente means five. Uh, just like the five five-sided building in Washington, D.C. is called the Pentagon. So Pentecost has to do with the number five. The Old Testament, Pentecost was called that because the Feast of Pentecost was 50 days. That's where you get the five, five oh, 50 days after the Old Testament Feast of Passover. And the feast days are told about in Exodus 12 and Leviticus 23. Passover was on the night of the deliverance of the nation of Israel from 400 years of slavery and bondage in Egypt. On that night, people were told to take a lamb for a sacrifice. That lamb was to be slain, and actually they were then supposed to eat the lamb so they'd have strength for the journey as it started through the wilderness. And the blood of the lamb was to be applied to the doorpost 
of their house because that night the death angel would pass through the land of Egypt. And the firstborn, the oldest of every household um, in Egypt, for those people in Egypt who had uh, had the people of God in bondage and slavery, every firstborn was going to be slain that night unless, unless they had the blood posted on their house. And if they had the blood on the door of their house, God says, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. That's where we get the word Passover. They'd be spared if the blood was on. That's where we get that name, Passover. Those who were under the blood were saved that night. That's a perfect picture and type of our salvation because Jesus came to set us free from a life of bondage and slavery to sin, and we'd be set free by his death on the cross. See, he had no sin of his own to pay for. We read in the scripture, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. He had not sinned, so there was no reason for death except that he took our place. He was our substitute. Our sin was laid upon him, and he died for us as a substitute. He took our place. It's interesting that when Jesus came to earth and began his ministry here, John the Baptist, Christ's forerunner, when he saw Jesus coming to him, he cried out to the people, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Think of that. John the Baptist called Jesus as he came to this earth, the Lamb that would take away the sin of the world. So Jesus is pictured as the Lamb or the sacrifice who died on the cross. He gave his life to save us because he died in our place so that we could live with eternal life. Hallelujah. Next, we read in these Old Testament passages, after the Passover, the people of Israel were supposed to count seven weeks, seven Sabbaths, Saturdays, after Passover. Seven weeks times seven days in a week. Seven times seven is 49. And the next day was Sunday, and that would be 50 days. They were to count out 50 days. And that was to be called Pentecost. That's where the word five comes in. Pentecost after 50 days from Passover for the people. I might ask, what was the purpose of Pentecost? This was the harvest festival. The crops for the harvest were in. God had been good to provide a harvest for them. And they took a Celebration as God ordained it to be to give him praise. I'd like to say this morning, tonight, how fitting it is that the Holy Spirit in God's planning was given to the world at the Feast of Harvest. The church began with the coming of the Holy Spirit, and the harvest of souls began that day as Peter stood to preach the very first sermon in the church, and 3,000 souls were received into the church. That's what Pentecost is. It's the coming of the Holy Spirit. It is a revival, a harvest of souls, and the beginning of the church. Pastor Merrill, Pastor Darrell, gave uh, the groundwork, 
the introduction, you might say, for this message a couple of weeks ago when he preached on the Holy Spirit. And he led us up to this sermon today. I'd like to read now a few scriptures about the coming of the Holy Spirit, what that means to us. And these scriptures will be on the screen for us to see. The first one is found in John 14, verse 16. Jesus said, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another counselor or a comforter to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. One translation says he'll be the advocate, the one who intercedes for us, the Holy Spirit. Our next chapter, chapter 15 of John, it says, when the counselor comes, whom Jesus said, whom I will send from my father, the spirit of truth, he will testify of me. In the next chapter, John 16, we read, but I tell you the truth, it is good for you, Jesus said, that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you, but if I go away, I will send him unto you. Did you notice here that this promise of the Holy Spirit is in John 14, 15, 16, and from then on, John begins the subject of the crucifixion of Jesus following that time, and then we move into the book of Acts when the Holy Spirit came. Later in John chapter 16, verse 13, we read, when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And then just a few chapters later, Acts 1.8 says, and you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Well, the Holy Spirit has come to the church. The Holy Spirit has come to us as we consider the, promise, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And as we consider that in this service, I want to give you for our message today what the Holy Spirit does in and through us. That's the subject or the title of our message today, what the Holy Spirit does in and through us. And I've got a number of points and scriptures I'd like to share with you. The first point is, number one, the Holy Spirit helps us when we are in precarious situations. The Holy Spirit helps us. The verses we read use the word counselor, that it would be with us forever. Some translations for the Holy Spirit use the word comforter or helper or even the encourager, the advocate. The Gospel of Mark, verse 13, verse 11, uh, says when, we, when we've got a problem, when things are happening that are troubling us and we don't know what we are to do, it says in Mark 13, we can ask or pray and the Holy Spirit will give us what to say or what to do. The comforter, the counselor, the helper, the advocate will help us in those kind of situations. The second point or benefit of what the Spirit does in and through us is number two, the counselor teaches us and reminds us what we need to know and remember. Psalms 143.10 says, teach me, to do your will, for you are my God. And then it goes on to say, may your gracious spirit, I like that, may your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm foundation. The New Testament is full of scriptures like that. We've already read from Acts 1-8 that the Holy Spirit is coming and we should receive power 
when the Spirit comes. Acts 9.31 says the church went forward with the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. And when the believers in that early church, they didn't know what direction they should take, they inquired of God in Acts 15.28, and that verse says it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. It seemed good to the Holy Spirit that we should do this. He was teaching them. He was leading them, as our point says. And I like 1 Corinthians 2.10, just a short phrase where it says, God reveals things to us by his Spirit. See, we read in the Bible, the Spirit knows the mind of God, and he can teach us these things, what we need to do, what we ought to do, what we need to know. And that's the second point of my message the Holy Spirit teaches us. The third point is, from the Spirit we receive God's power to be witnesses wherever we go. You might say, oh, I could never be a witness. The real meaning here is to take our testimony wherever we go. Acts 1-8, you're going to receive power to be a witness, to go and just talk about what happened. The word witness here really is related to the word to talk about. Possibly we might use the word gossip. Go everywhere gossiping the Bible. I remembered as I was preparing this, teaching this, before I ever started pastoring at Christian Life Church, over 40 years ago in a church. And I used this phrase, I taught them, really as saying to go out and be gossiping the gospel. And they made a plaque for me, quoting from Acts 5, 42, where it says, and daily in the temple, in every house, they cease not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. And then it goes to the bottom of the page and said to me, you will be long remembered for teaching us about gossiping the gospel, <laughs> that we can go forth to gossip the gospel. As I was preparing for today, I went back in my mind and thought of that plaque that was given to me as we taught people in the book of Acts that really witnessing just gossip uh, the gospel, and uh, just be a part, let it be a part of your conversation. Just tell people what happened to us, and leave the result with the Holy Spirit. Romans 8, 26 says, the Spirit helps us. He helps us in our weakness. For example, we do not know even how God wants us to pray, let alone what we should say to somebody about the Lord. So I would just say this morning, tonight, just pray about it and leave the results with the Lord. Be a witness. Talk about the Lord and his saving power that you've enjoyed. The fourth point, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we can have victory in our life. That means we can put to death the wrong things in our life. Romans 8, 2 says, the Spirit has freed you from sin. The Spirit sets us free. The new spirit within us frees us from sin. Notice what his name is. To be freed from sin, the name is the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy, the Spirit of holiness, have his way in our life to make us holy, more like he is, more godly, to die to sin. Another verse about our victory is in Romans 8:37, when it says, In all these things 
we are not just conquerors. We don't just win. We are more than conquerors. Think about that. More than conquerors through him that loved us. I love that. When we have the promise from God that the Spirit would fill us and we can be more than a conqueror, we can have victory in our lives. And that's what the Holy Spirit can do. Another point, number five. Another great thought. Through the Spirit, we have been adopted into God's family. The same chapter here in Romans 8, verse 15 says, You have not received a spirit that makes you a fearful slave, but you have received a spirit of adoption, and now you can call him Father. You've been adopted into his family. He is our Father. The very next verse, Romans 8, 16 says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit quickens that into us. We're no longer part of the old life. We've been adopted into a new family. We are the children of God, and his spirit confirms, confirms that we are God's children. There is an adoption that takes place, as given in this scripture. This leads us, that adoption leads us into intimacy, to closeness with the Father. Instead of a relationship built on fear and slavery, oh, we're afraid of God. <laughs> we're no longer a child of the devil. We have a new heavenly Father. God himself has put us into his family, and we are a child of God. Hallelujah. The sixth thing I want to give you this morning, tonight, the Spirit brings us to a life of, uh, brings us life and freedom. The Spirit brings us life and freedom. Again, I think we could say hallelujah when we realize by coming into God's family, we now have new life and a freedom within us. Let me give you two verses on this point. One is a verse that will show us that he gives us life, and the other one will show that he gives us freedom in our new life. The verse for life is right here again in Romans 8, verse 10 and 11. It says, Christ lives within you, and notice the Spirit. The Spirit gives you life because you've been made right with God. See, the Spirit gives us life because we're now in right standing with God. The Spirit gives life. Then the second verse I refer to is a verse of freedom found in 2 Corinthians 3.17, which says, and where the Spirit of the Lord is. Notice again, the Holy Spirit is involved in these things. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is liberty where the Spirit of the Lord is. Liberty that has set us free from the ungodly life. <laughs> We've been in the family of the evil one. But the next verse says, the Spirit makes you more and more not like the devil, but more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. That's amazing that he has done that, that by following in the spirit, we have life in Christ and we have freedom in God. There's so much more that I could give you. There's so many things I could say about what the spirit does in and through us. But before I close this morning, let me give you one more from Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and there it says in Galatians 5, we have the fruit 
of the Spirit. We've been talking about the benefits, what the Spirit does in and through us. And I couldn't close this message without referring to the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. See, the Spirit brings forth fruit out of our life. And if you want to know what that fruit is, can be, it's listed right here. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, and self-control. These things are available to us in our walk with the Spirit. He can produce the fruit of those things in our life. There's so much more I could say about what God does, what God does in and through us. These are just some of the insights, the benefits that God has given us by the Spirit. And I like to say on this Pentecost Sunday weekend, let's get acquainted with what the Spirit wants to do in and through us and grasp some of the benefits that the Holy Spirit brings to us when we can receive him and are filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember what the Holy Spirit does in us and through us. And that's my message today. The Holy Spirit speaks. The Holy Spirit guides and directs us. The Holy Spirit intercedes for us. He comforts us. He strives or he works with us. And he distributes gifts to us and so many more. We need the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. In that message I referred to from two weeks ago, Pastor Darrell closed with a prayer for us to pray. It was a prayer of only three words. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. And we took time then to wait and pray that for us, to come, Holy Spirit that we might invite the Holy Spirit to come into us. It reminded me, we used to sing that in a little chorus. Maybe you know it. The words will be on the screen. We used to sing, Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own gentle way. Yes, come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in your own gentle way. Could we, I'd like for us to sing it one more time. The words are there. Maybe you say, well, we're not in church. <laughs> and you may feel uncomfortable singing in your living room with just by yourself or with your family. If you don't feel like singing it, that's all right. Just look at the words, say them to yourselves. But if families could join me, uh, just like we were in church, I'd like to close my message with us singing. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in your strength and your power. Come in thine own gentle way. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Come to us, Holy Spirit, we need thee. Hallelujah. Would you join me for a moment of closing prayer? 
Father, hear us today. If we cry for our spirit, come, Holy Spirit. We need you. Lord, I want to pray for everyone listening or watching today that the, you, the Holy Spirit, shall do in our lives what we've been preaching about. Adopt us. Make us aware of the adoption to our new family. We're not under the old system. It's you are our Heavenly Father. Thank you, Lord, for bringing fruit into our life, for teaching us these things, for helping us when we pray. Thank you, Lord. And I pray that you'll be with every person in the sound of my voice today, that each person might right now just open her heart. May it be a new walk with the presence of the Holy Spirit, just like they had in the book of Acts, to pray, and he would tell them what to do. Lead us. Lord, I pray for those, even today, who wonder, what do I do now in this situation we're in, in this this being kept in and the frustration of all this. What do we do now? Lord, I say, come, Holy Spirit. Come and comfort us. Be the counselor. Be our advocate. Take our case before you, Lord. Here we are. We present ourselves to you this morning. Amen. Amen. Thank you for watching this morning. As we close this service, let me give you the benediction as we do every week. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen.